Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, why John Gibson is important to your team and he should not be traded, and also a little bit more of my interview with Gabby from For Puck's Sake. All of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? It is Monday afternoon. How's it going? We have a game later tonight. We're not really going to have a preview of tonight's game because it is late game. And also, uh, we have a preview of the, the Sharks from a couple weeks ago. So I invite you to listen back to that one. And you can listen back to previous episodes by checking out Locked on Ducks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Also, make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. And also, also, Twitter. My Twitter is at SnippyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. I'm going to keep this a shorter show today for the sole reason that I have been working all weekend because there was games over the weekend, at least for the American Hockey League, there were games over the weekend. However, there is one major thing that I noticed that kind of ticked me off a little bit. And I actually got a little bit infuriated when I saw these posts saying, oh yeah, John Gibson should be traded. Uh, what? Wait, what what kind of asinine rumor is that? John Gibson should not be traded. And yeah, I, I saw it. I'm not going to address where it came from. I'm just going to address the fact that there are these unfounded rumors out there saying that, oh, John Gibson is going to go back home. He's going to be traded to Pittsburgh. Berkey's there. Okay, that's great that the former Ducks GM, Brian Burke, he's in Pittsburgh now. I get that. Gibby is from Pittsburgh. I get that as well. But there's no way they're going to trade John Gibson to Pittsburgh when they have that much money left on the contract. They're going to have to eat up that contract for a number of years, and they don't want to do that when the Ducks already have a premier goaltender in John Gibson. Plus, what are you going to do after Ryan Miller retires? This is very likely Miller's final season in the National Hockey League. He's only signed a one-year deal. He wants to at least get past a couple more players and possibly try to just achieve more, I guess, American records. He wants to play one more year, maybe one more year after that. But a lot of indications are saying that this is it. And if that's the case, at least he's going to go out on his own terms. At least he will have a proper farewell game, albeit without any fans. Although, wouldn't it be nice if maybe, just maybe... By late April, early May, we could let in maybe 10%, 15% fans. And then he could have a proper goodbye in front of at least some fans at the Honda Center. I know that's what Gibby wants. He wants that farewell. So after this season, who do you have on the Ducks pipeline as far as goaltending? Well, there's two likely candidates for who could be the future backup for the Ducks. There are Anthony Stolarz and... Lucas Dostal. I got to talk about Dostal for a quick minute on the second part, but I want to address just the John Gibson thing. Yeah, after this season, Gibson should still be your number one goalie. Your number one goalie is not Anthony Stolarz. Your number one goalie is not Lucas Dostal. Not yet, anyway. Lucas is still very young. But Gibson is your past, your present, your future. He is in his prime right now or entering his prime right now. And it's a shame that his prime is being wasted because he's putting up some ridiculous analytics numbers. And I got to thank Kat Silverman for directing me to one of these. And I also got to thank a couple others that have shown me um, some of the other analytics sites. So 
Yeah, let, let's start with just the basics first. John Gibson is leading the league in shutouts with three. He's tied with three shutouts. Someone else that has that obviously is going to be, I believe, Varlamov, I think, also has three shutouts. Not entirely sure on that. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Varlamov. Yeah, he has three. Then you look at some of the other analytics stats and you go, well, why is John Gibson not talked about more? Yeah, he is among the lead leaders in save percentage. Right now, he has a 923 save percentage, which is very good in the league as far as goaltenders with 10 or more games. He's sixth in the league as far as save percentage. As far as wins, I mean, he could have more wins, but part of that is the defense in front of him or lack thereof. He could have more wins, but that's just how it is. Gibby is 5-4. and four. Sorry. 5-4 and 3 in 12 games. He's seen 326 shots, which is a lot. He has a goals against of 226, which is still very good, mind you. He is still one of your premier goaltenders in the National Hockey League. And this is for players that have had 10 or more games. He's fourth in the NHL as far as goals against. Maybe I'll count Chesterkin in there because he's got 9 games maybe Mark Andre Fleury because he's got eight games but Mark Andre Fleury has been on a completely different level and just to talk about Fleury for a hot second in eight games he's got a 944 save percentage with a 138 goals against Mark Andre Fleury his his price is hot right now if he's going to be let go by Vegas or be traded but I don't think Vegas should trade Fleury just like I don't think the Ducks should trade John Gibson they absolutely shouldn't just to go over some of the brief statistics for John Gibson, let's start first with the expected goals against. These are the number of goals that you would expect to have scored on John Gibson so far in this season. Right now, John Gibson is in the top 10 as far as expected goals against. There should be about 30 goals scored on him. He hasn't had that many goals scored on him this season. He simply hasn't. Yes, he's that good, folks. He's only got 20 goals allowed. 20 goals allowed, and that's it. And the expected is about 30. Are you telling me that the Ducks could have allowed 10 more goals on him? Imagine what their record would be if that actually happened. Oh my god. Let's look at the goal saved above expected, or GSAX. That's expected goals against minus goals against. And this is from the Evolving Hockey metric. Uh, the goals against, as far as Evolving Hockey, is 25.5. His goals saved above expected is 3.67. That is still among the top in the league. Uh, the only players that are above him, as far as um, playing a lot of games, Vasilevsky, Grubauer, Fleury I've talked about, Markstrom, Hellebuck. They've all been better than him. Marc-Andre Fleury is com on a complete tear. I've talked about him enough. The GSAA, or goals saved above average, which is above the league average, is 4.78. Which means if you took the average goalie in the National Hockey League and you put him in place of John Gibson, you would expect to have about five more goals scored. He's ninth in the league in that category. Vasilevsky is up above him. So is Grubauer. Flurry. I mean, I've talked about these names on and on and on a lot. Something else that I kind of like as far as just analytic stats is the Fenwick save percentage. So Fenwick Corsi stuff, 
that's a little bit different. Um, shots on goal or shots on goal. Fenwick counts goals and missed shots. They do not count blocked shots. Whereas the Corsi stat counts the blocked shots. So it's kind of like a variant of Corsi. For those of you that may have heard me say Corsi in the past, that is all shot attempts. Shots, blocks, missed shots. Fenwick is a variant of that. Just goals, shots on goal, and missed shots, and that's it. His Fenwick save percentage is 94.49. His expected Fenwick save percentage is way up there still. It is still at a 93.69, which is still among the top in the National Hockey League. When you consider some of the other goalies that are up there, he is still at the top of his game and still one of the premier goaltenders in the National Hockey League. And I'll go more into some of these statistics and I'll also go into a little bit about Lucas Dostal after the intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And I'm still addressing the asinine rumors about John Gibson going to Pittsburgh. What the hell is that? I'm sorry. That trade should not happen. It will not happen. And I've given plenty of reasons why already. I'm going to give even more reasons why. So I'm going to go a little bit more and a deeper dive into the analytics of all this before I talk a little bit about Lucas Dostal. First, John Gibson is among the league leaders, and this is a bad stat to be among the lead leaders in, is high danger shots against. What that means is the Ducks are playing such pitiful defense that you have to rely on John Gibson. If John Gibson has that many high danger shots against, that means that the Ducks are constantly letting the opposition get close to the crease or close to that high danger zone where, frankly, they shouldn't be. And this is on the defense. This is on Hockenpah a little bit. This is on Fowler a little bit. This is on Shattenkirk more than a little bit. This is on Hampus Lindholm a little bit. That's on the entire Ducks defensive core. Just letting players waltz into the crease and get shot after shot after shot. He's allowed 13 high danger goals this season. Which means that the majority of goals he is allowed in this season have been of the high danger. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. John Gibson has allowed a few goals. But are you telling me he's allowed... More than half of his goals to be high danger? Uh, Yeah, that's normal for most goalies anyway, but that much? Really? Yes, that much. His high danger saves are 63. His high danger shots against are 76, which is third in the National Hockey League. The only ones higher are Frederick Anderson and Kevin Lankinen. Although those two just have horrible, horrible, horrible defenses. And we could make fun of those two defenses, especially Toronto's, all we want. Because, oh, their defense. I know people are saying, oh, Toronto's the best team in the North Division. They're going to win the whole thing. No, they're not going to win the Canadian Division. I can tell you right now. This is not... I'm going to put it as a guarantee. The Toronto Maple Leafs are not going to win the North. Their defense is worse than the Ducks. And you're relying on Frederick Anderson? Yes, Frederick Anderson is a fine goalie, a former Duck himself. Frederick Anderson has been in the league since 2013. He was the Ducks' main goaltender for a while back in those 
division championship days, 14, 15, 16. He was one of the main goalies during that playoff run when John Gibson was starting. So in fact, Gibby is kind of like, uh, in a sense, Anderson 2.0, but I think Gibby's a little bit better than Frederick Anderson was with the Ducks. Sorry, Ducks fans, that those of you that love Frederick Anderson. I thought he was terrific in Anaheim, but Gibby's that much better. And I have Frederick Anderson trying to do everything in Toronto, and he just can't do it. So that's just my little guarantee there. Anyway, as it comes to rebounds, this is kind of the one fault I have in John Gibson's game, is he does let a lot of rebounds away. But I think a lot of offenses are getting those shots in by design where they will purposely go right off the pads and go off of those rebounds. And I know I've said this plenty of times through the season where the Ducks allow some juicy rebounds. He is second in the league in rebound attempts against. John Gibson has allowed 34 rebound attempts. The only player higher is Darcy Kemper, who has allowed 36 rebound attempts. In 12 games, he's allowed at least three juicy rebounds per game. That is not good. Something else that is not good is average shot distance, which is a mere 32 feet away. Ooh, that, that's a pretty low average shot distance. The average in the National Hockey League is about 37. So for Gibby's shots average to be about 32, that's not good at all. Again, this is the defense. For those of you saying that John Gibson should be doing better, he's doing the best he can. The defense has to do better. Yes, there are a select few that are saying, oh, Gibby's in his prime, but you know he could get a couple more saves. Yeah, there's been a couple softballs against him, but it's mostly the defense. It's mostly the defense, which is why the Ducks allow as many goals as they do. If it wasn't for John Gibson, they would be near dead last in the league as far as goals allowed. They already don't score enough goals. Imagine getting beat by three or four goals every night, Ducks fans. Just imagine that. You don't want to, can you? All right, so that's some more stats on John Gibson. But as far as Lucas Dostal, Lucas Dostal is on a completely different level with San Diego. And just to give a little preface, San Diego did sweep their weekend series. In fact, the San Diego goals have a perfect record of 5-0. The goals are 5-0. The goals have been perfect in five games. Meanwhile, the Ontario Reign, they haven't won a game in five games. That's how bad they are, folks. So you look at the top teams in the Pacific in the American Hockey League. You look at Henderson, you look at San Diego, what have you. Lucas Dostal has been the best player among all of those teams as far as goaltending. Currently, Lucas Dostal has a 175 goals against and a 9 56 save percentage in four games. Both of those are among the top in the American Hockey League. In fact, let's look at the league leaders, shall we? Yes. Lucas Dostal has a 175 goals against. As far as players with at least three games, he is second in the league in goals against. Second to Logan Thompson. Oh, oh look at that. The Henderson Silver Knights. He has a 167 goals against. All right, that's really good in three games. Let's leave. What else? What else? Oh, number of saves. Lucas Dostal has by far the most saves in the American Hockey League with 152 saves over four games. That is an average of 38 saves per game. 
The goals are allowing 40 shots on goal per game. Ooh. Yeah, I'll address that on Thursday when I do my weekly goals series. I'll address all that. But 159 shots allowed. That's a lot for Lucas Dostal. Look at save percentage. 956 among qualified goalies. That is, what, second? No, first in the league. He's tops in the league with a 956 save percentage. Only Dylan Ferguson of Henderson. Logan Thompson, who I mentioned, he has a 940 save percentage with the Henderson Silver Knights. So despite having a lower goals against, he has a lower save percentage. Just below him is Logan Thompson at 940. Then you have Derek Barbarabo at 927. Then Zane McIntyre of Lehigh Valley at 926. Ivan Prosvitov at 920. He just got done sweeping the Ontario Reign. He's playing for Tucson. He might be one of the better goalies in the league, but I think Lucas is a little bit better. So I cannot stress enough how great the goalie pipeline is for the Anaheim Ducks. Just having that trio of Lucas, Stolarz. By the way, Stolarz did start a game with San Diego. He got called down to the goals for one game. He won that one too. His save percentage is 939. Look at these insane save percentages for not just the Ducks, but the goals. Guys, you got to feel good about your goalie prospects. They're in terrific shape. He's only 20. He's still young. He's got a lot of time to go. Again, he's only 20 years old. He is still developing. He's still getting better. Imagine if he has a full year of proper development in the American Hockey League. Or maybe two years of proper development in the American Hockey League. Lucas Dostal is your backup goaltender of the future. And if somehow Gibby gets let go after the five seasons. After that, by the time Gibby's contract is done, Dostal will be 25-26. And if he's still on your roster, you've got to feel really damn good. But just don't get rid of Gibby. Don't do it. Alright, we're going to head into the second intermission. I'm very angry here, folks. Can you tell? Let's talk about betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And if you go on betonline.ag right now, ooh, look at that. They have the lines for tonight's game. Who's the favorite? Oh, it's a pretty much even split. The San Jose Sharks are a minus 103 money line. The Ducks are a minus 107, meaning the Ducks might be the favorite question mark. Maybe the Sharks are. I don't know. The Sharks have the minus one and a half. So if you have the Ducks at plus one and a half goals, it's a minus 290. That's not worth it. What might be worth it is I think the Ducks could win against the Sharks. That's a minus 107. I might take that bet. If you want to parlay some money into this and have two bets, you could take the Anaheim Ducks at a minus 107 and have the under five and a half goals at minus 105 if Gibby starts. If Gibson starts, you could expect a low scoring affair tonight. I would say two to one, maybe three to one Ducks, but it's going to be under five and a half. So if you want to check that out right now, go to betonline.ag and when you sign up, use the promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that is betonline.ag, your trusted online sports expert and the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please gamble responsibly. Coming up after the second intermission, I will have a little bit more of my interview with Gabby from For Puck's Sake. Stay locked in, folks. 
I talked a lot longer than I expected, but welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're still locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and I won't be alone after this. Our interview is coming up, but let's talk about everybody's favorite protein bar, Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar in the land that come in 18 fantastic flavors like apple. They have a banana flavor. They have a lemon almond cheesecake, which sounds delicious. They also have raspberry, orange, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, among other flavors. If you want to check that all out, go to BuiltBar.com and enter promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order of Built Bar. And don't forget to try their Built Boost and their Built Go. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. All right, folks. The other day, I had an interview with Gabrielle Donatucci from For Puck's Sakes Podcast. And we talked a little bit about some other stuff that didn't make it on the last show. So I'm going to play a snippet of that interview right now. I'm still pissed at Vegas, by the way. Yeah. You've been to a lot of minor league games, yes? I've only been to one. Which one? With, with the Phantoms. I went to the Phantoms. I don't even remember who they were playing. I, my friend was at getting her master's in Scranton, and she was supposed to meet me there, and she ditched me for a boy. Ugh. So I went to a game by myself. That's not fun. <laughs> no, it was totally... I love going to games by myself. I mean, so do I. I, I like, I will go to Flyers games by myself because you can get cheaper tickets if it's just one. I enjoy it so much more because I don't have to talk to anybody or entertain anybody. I can just, like, sit there and watch the game and take notes and, like, tweet on my phone, and nobody's going to, like, make me interact with them. That's what we could talk about uh, to close off the show is what's one or two of your favorite hockey experiences or games that you've attended where it was like the best time ever? The best time? Do you want the best time or the most memorable? Ooh, let's go with both. Let's go with both. What was the most okay. memorable time? So, I mean, obviously the most memorable for me are like the big Flyers games. Um, so I was there game six in 2010 when um they when they won in the video patrick kane scores and then skates right in my face if you like watch the video there's like a 13 14 year old who just stands up and gives double bird that's me (laughs) and my dad's like sit down the legend (laughs) that Um, is legendary yeah and then i think the most fun the most like the most fun games i mean i went for my 21st birthday that was fun um, and we talk about that on my podcast, so I'm not going to kill that story again. Yeah. Um, but I, the outdoor games, we had one in 2012. No, we had one in 2010, I think. I don't know. The Rangers outdoor, 2010 or 2012. Oh, I was yeah, in, one of the, yeah. Yeah, I was either a freshman or a sophomore in high school. And um, like we did the full tailgating because it was such a gorgeous day. Like we drove in an RV, tailgated. Uh, like it was a football game like that was so much fun and then this last one the stadium series in the rain you're sitting outside in the link they've got the super bowl banner flying and you're like looking at this team come back against the pittsburgh penguins and just like they will not quit they won't stop fighting everybody's screaming it was such like a good flyers experience like if you want to be like like um riverdale there's like the epic highs and lows of high school football like we make fun of it on flyers twitter like the epic highs and lows of philadelphia hockey like that was peak the epic highs and lows like we're down three nothing it's raining it's torrential everybody wants to go home but we will not leave and then they come back they tie it they win an ot 
like Claude Drew has the game of his life. You were at like, that game? I was at that game. Oh my god. And so you're just like you're sitting there in the rain and you're like, This is it. This is Flyers hockey. <laughs> Once again, thank you to Gabrielle Donatucci for that little snippet. You can hear some more of this interview on the For Pucks Sake podcast, which you can find on Twitter. You can find Gabrielle Ivy at Get It Done. That's G-I-D underscore it underscore done. So make sure to check her out and check out the For Pucks Sake podcast, which is at For Pucks Sake pod. There you go. All right, that's going to do it for today. Don't forget there is a Ducks game tonight against the San Jose Sharks. It is a late game, a 7.30 p.m. start. So I'm probably going to record in the morning because it's going to be a late one, folks. Anyway, you can hear any previous podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Make sure to rate five stars, comment, and subscribe if you haven't already. Twitter is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. There you go. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. We will have a mailbag episode later this week. That is on Friday. If you want to email me a question, email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. It's greatly appreciated for Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue practicing social distancing, wear a mask, Be kind to one another and stay safe. And ducks fly together.